Christian Drake Night. I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And how do we do Drake Night, pal? Well, every episode we draw a theme from a hat. We each pull a record that we think represents the theme well. We listen to it. We talk about it. We analyze it. We hang out. And you just do that. That's record night. It is record night. And um, uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, how can they get a hold of us, pal? Well, you can go to facebook.com slash record night. On Instagram, we are record night pod. And our email is record night pod at gmail.com, which you may want to pay attention to. Write that one down, jot it down in your Mm -hmm. notebook or a napkin or whatever you have sitting around. Um, Because we are going to start something new with this episode that if people would like to send us songs and we like it, we will feature it at the end of our episode. And today we have our, we will have our first featured artist at the end of the episode. Who's our, who's our artist today? It's a, it's a punk rock band called uh, Riverview. Um, we're going to put this on at the end of the episode. So if you, it's a pretty cool song called Knuckle. I like it a lot. And um, uh was to it several times sing along. And uh, if, you, if you stick around to the end of the episode, you'll hear their song Knuckle. And they can be reached at facebook.com slash Riverview Review AR, um, Instagram, Instagram, Riverview. Um, you can find their stuff at uh, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon, YouTube, Spotify. Just look up Riverview. And their song's called Knuckles, and it's a pretty killer song. Um, they're from Little Rock, and um, we're, we're Little Rock, Arkansas, but instead of, you know. I mean, yeah. So if you guys stick around the end of the episode, it's a pretty fun song. Uh, a good song. Fun might be a very wrong word for it. Depends <laughs> on how you like to have fun. <laughs> so uh, our theme today is it is Swan Song. That's what we picked last week, and um, uh, it's this one was, came right to me. Like, I, yeah, I, I think. Well, actually, no, it didn't. I've, I can show you right here. I've got a big old, big old list of just like maybe <laughs> this, maybe this album, maybe this album. But first, let me explain, kind of elaborate what a Swan Song is. Mm-hmm. It's a myth. Fave? I don't know what you want to call it, but basically like this thing that the last song a swan sings before it dies is it's most beautiful. Yep. So um, my I d- interpretation of this is last album by a band is their best one. Well, um, I I did it just the last album by a band or artist. Um, and it's in my eyes, I want to pick something that's like the best one, but it's... Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man. It's uh, it's been a, uh, it's been a while since we sat down at the mic. It's it's feeling good to be back. Yeah, I agree. It's whew, I've been busy. I know, dude. You've been all the kinds of busy, and uh, I think since last time we recorded was our, I think the last time we recorded is the first week my brother moved in, and now it just seems like he's still the power of the household. Like you, he, he definitely yeah. lives here. So. <laughs> I'm here. I told him to beat it. <laughs> I had to go home and record. It. Uh, but um, he's been accepted by the dogs, the cats, and the furniture. Exactly, and uh, our, the dogs and me went along pretty well too, which is the thing we we're most worried about. But yeah, uh, but um, yeah, man, Monday is always uh, kick my ass at work, so I'm trying to uh, reignite well, my classic Garfield over here. I, I I know I can't. I hate saying it. it's like Mondays. I mean, I nap and shit, but like, like I you know I work in quote unquote in office. And, but the people mm-hmm. that we employ, not me, but are like every other company now is like a middleman company. So the people we employ they are active throughout the weekend when someone come in. 
my inbox just piled with shit that I, I'm struggling to clear out the whole day. But oh yeah, Mondays of- are Mondays are one of my long days. But now that I'm thinking about it, I the only days that aren't long days are like <laughs> the weekends. Yeah. So um, by the way, I, we drink all that Shiner's holiday cheer that you we had. It's all it's all done with. What are you gonna do when Christmas comes around? Oh, well, I'm gonna buy definitely more. I bought uh, some more. <laughs> I went to the beer store and got blood and honey today, which is mm-hmm. guys, even know I'm drinking more Rover brewing blood and honey from Texas, and um, I bought another thing of holiday cheer because I fucking love that beer. I can't get it's enough. It's really good. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> and, uh, There's our beer plug. We haven't done one of those for a while. Yeah. Sponsor us, Shiner. Yeah, for real. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I talk about you enough. And you got Boulevard Cosmic IP over there, which is a uh, mm. pretty cool too. There's Space Camper, which I love the I love the art on it. Yeah, it makes you. It which means... I'm holding up to a camera, and I'm realizing we're doing a purely audio format here, so people won't see it, but so it's very cool. <laughs> at some point, Squadcast says they're going to do a video recording option, which we might get into. We'll see. Uh, I just sure. start a YouTube channel. Yeah, we'll become I, vloggers. I just all the way on the videos. I shaved finally after because uh-huh. I, I had this thing I was going to shave in the after. middle of November. Well, the, yeah, I, I had this thing that Fritz. I was going to shave as soon as the um, president the president elect was announced. But he apparently he's won like six times since like since he actually yeah. was announced. <laughs> and um, you know, it's still not being acknowledged by uh, POTUS. So. But I went ahead and just shaved it, and um, it took my wife like the whole day to notice. Cause, uh, whatever. Anyway, um, in the middle of no shave November. <sighs> yeah, you know what, man? People could still know about prostate cancer. Is that what? The, that's, that's true. What, right. I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So, how about I get into what I chose? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Okay, so my swan song was Elliot Smith from a Basement on a Hill. If you guys know me and seen my arm, I actually have an Elliot Smith tattoo. It's the showing it off. Not gonna do anything. Yeah, yeah I forgot. Can't see it. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> if you guys don't know what the what I'm Elliot Smith tattoo being basically figure eight cover swirly thing, and it's from a park in L.A. If you see it, it basically represents Elliot Smith, a a artist who killed himself in 2004, so committed suicide by stabbing himself twice in the chest, which is um. Pretty tough way to go, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Late Smith, he was born... Uh, he, he, by the way, he'd be 51 today if he were still alive. He was born in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And he actually spent his years close to where I grew up in Duncanville, Texas. His, his uh, like, you know, college... Not college, but high school, junior high, that sort of thing. In Duncanville, Texas, which is like maybe 15 minutes where I grew up. And I have many friends that grew up in Duncanville. Um then he went to college in Massachusetts, started a band called Heat Miser, and they moved to Portland, Oregon, like all all good folks do. And um, <laughs> in the after, but really, what Elliot Smith is known for is for his um, Elliot uh, solo work. Um, a lot of people dislike Elliot Smith because he's so fucking sad. <laughs> his <laughs> his stuff is um is really um it's really uh, beautiful and despair filled. And uh, he has a real interesting way of multi-tracking his vocals, create layers and harmonies and all kinds of cool stuff with his music. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm one of those posers that didn't really get into him until after his death, right? I didn't really. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, after I got into him, I think from the ages of 18 to 24, I think I almost listened exclusively to Elliot Smith. I'm a fun I don't really want to talk too much about him because there's 
Okay, his real name is not Elliot. It's Stephen Paul Smith, but he changed his name to Elliot because Steve sounds too much like a jock name, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which classic reason to change your name. And then he said Stephen. So Steve sounded like a jock, and Steve sounded like someone like a nerd. So he just chose Elliot. I'm sure after that, people would come up with their finger out going, Elliot. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, he, he minds where he started with his classmate, Neil Gust. Um, Neil, and they did Heemizer stuff, and I have I like Heemizer. They're fine. They're like a, I guess alternative rock band from ninety from the early nineties, right? That's what they sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Elliot was uh, doing stuff like um, they they have three they had two records early like um, Cop and Speeder and Mike C Sons. But while they're recording all those records, Elliot was starting to do his solo stuff, which is very different. He released his first solo record uh, in nineteen ninety four called Roman Candle. Uh, so first release, it's kind of like an EP. And it, and it was recorded in between records of the Miser did. And then after Heemizer ended, he released, um, he did a solo record. Then after Heemizer ended, he did uh, his first re- record on, Kill, or second record on Kill Rock Stars called Either Or. I've got, got, got a Kill Rock Stars compilation here. I wonder if Elliot Smith on shows up yeah. on it. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Oh, look at that. Oh, damn. You got, you got a Kill Rock Stars fucking LP. Good for you, man. Yeah. No, this is this is a reissue from uh, a nineteen ninety one thing. Oh, I, I'm not much sure that I'm sure that be happening shows up on there, but I don't think Elliot Smith does. Nope. Okay. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, he released Either Or, which is a great record, probably my favorite of his. But the thing you should know about Elliot Smith music is no matter if he's if he's uh, if he's been sober or not, everyone's gonna look at every single song he has and say it's about drugs. To be fair, mm-hmm. a lot of songs are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, Elliot Smith, uh, for most people know him also as he got nominated for an Oscar for the song Miss Misery, which showed up in Good Will Hunting. Uh, great record, um, or great song, great movie. And uh, he did a, he performed at Late Night with Conan O'Brien and the Oscars. Uh, who won that year that he was nominated was uh, Celine Dion, <laughs> The Heart Will Go On, that Titanic song. Oh, really? Yeah, Same so, year? Yeah. And so when he was uh, in the... I'm going to tell a quick story. When he was in the dressing room, he wore a white, and uh, Celine Dion knocked on his dressing room door and said, hey, uh, it, looks, uh, it seems like you're not used to performing in the amount of people, and gave him like um, advice on how to overcome his nerves, right? And so after the performance, people would, you know, they'd be like, yeah, you didn't fucking win that bitch Celine Dion one. And he'd be like, you know what? She's really fucking nice. Like, like he'd get kind of angry at them for... Talking shit on someone who's so nice to him, right? <laughs> um, but after Miss Misery came out, he got offered a record contract with DreamWorks for two records, and he released two records on DreamWorks called EXO uh, and Figure Eight. Um, these are much more lush than his earlier stuff, like lots of instrumentation, lots of strings. But uh, <laughs> it's also, if you listen to the, I mean, if you listen, read the lyrics on that, you can tell he's getting really fucking. Uh, fucked up and drunk and high on heroin and drinking and he he's diagnosed with depression ADHD um mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> like like mm-hmm. those two things together are, are crazy but um if you <clears throat> listen to his stuff it's hard to look at it without the lens of the things that happened to Elliot Smith but he's definitely most known for killing himself for a suicide um and when you're a young guy like I was you always think that's the most romantic thing to do. Like like Van Gogh, uh, you know, 
Like Kurt Cobain. Oh, yeah. Elliot Smith. And uh, I, of course, don't think that anymore. But um, mm-hmm. Elliot Smith's music had a big impact on me. Um, and, you know, it's... I hate getting, like, all gooey-gooey on this, but, like... <laughs> but, <laughs> so you know, gooey. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you feel like... You feel alone, and you feel like there's no one out there that understands how you're feeling... I felt like Elliot Smith did that for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I felt like he put into words, things I couldn't. And, um, his music to me and to this day is, it, it's, it's incredible. And, um, it's, it's hard to explain. I mean, I'm pausing more cause I don't want to overstate it and sound too melodramatic <laughs> about it. But yeah, he's, I love Elliot Smith. And, um, this is his final record called Fall from a base on the hill. Uh, if you, and I think we can pretty much get into it after I explain that I actually have a clip uh, for On My Basement Hill, uh, Elliot's record. Uh, for, it's his final one. It was released posthumously. And um, it was supposed, you know, I'll talk about it after the clip. But here is cool. Elliot Smith's From A Basement at Home. Um, you guys can find it on Spotify. Um, but I'm going to play a clip of uh, highlights from it right now. And so here we go. Burning every bridge that I cross To find some beautiful place to get lost Stay 
that's uh, Elliot Smith from Basement on the Hill. Now, I'm really interested um, to know, what do you know about Elliot Smith before this? I mean, I knew a decent amount. Um, I had listened to, I think, Either Or and Figure Eight. Mm-hmm. Never really anything beyond those. This is my first time listening to From a Basement on the Hill. Yeah. Uh, um, also, I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, I knew I I knew the stuff. I know the circumstances of his death and like surrounding it. Yeah. Uh, there's. I don't know. I don't. I don't typically like buy into a lot of rock star conspiracy yeah, theories yeah. and all that stuff, but. It is kind of a weird one. Yeah, yeah. So Elliot Smith was there, there's always like little there's always like little nuggets in there of like just like well this one's a little this one's weird this specific one is weird. So what what it says he was uh, arguing with his girlfriend she locked herself in the bathroom to take a shower she heard a scream and came out to see Elliot with a knife in his chest and she took it out and then he she took it out and he died and there was a note saying I'm so sorry love Elliot but the problem is that his name is spelled with two T's but the the suicide note only had one T, right? Yeah, spelled his name wrong, and two wounds to his chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the autopsy, they saw that there was no, like, hesitation. hesitation. Yeah. So it's like, which is like, even if you really want to, mm-hmm. it's not, like, it's not really a thing you don't see. And they also... Because s- it hurts. I'm <laughs> just like, huh, okay, sure. So... Also, but here's here's where I'm getting at. So a lot of people say, well, he was sober, which at the time of his death, but 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 also when writing this record, almost none of it he was sober, by the way. He was he said when he wrote based on the hill when he was writing it, he would be the most drug record out there more than the white album. And if you listen to Smith, you can hear a lot of Beatles influence. But the thing is when and this is true with most addiction, once you quit those things, um, a lot of the a lot of times your dopamine receptors are burnt out. And you cannot feel happy unless you're doing those drugs. So I think mm-hmm. I think at this time when Elliot was uh, supposedly took his own life, um, uh, and I'm sure the people that knew about his music were like, of course he did. Um, and he's also been hospitalized <laughs> for addiction and suicide attempts. When he took his own life. Yeah, it, I mean it's all it's on the official record. Like it's it's one of those that's like I don't believe it either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like it, upon reading it, I was just like. Huh, there's not really a whole lot of conspiracy theories surrounding this one, even though this one seems a lot less cut and dry. Did you ever read that book? I mean, Who Killed Kurt Cobain? No. Yeah, there's I don't a, care. there's some book about saying that, you know, Courtney Love did it, but who, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, Elliot Smith, uh, I think that Elliot in his final days of life was probably pretty, pretty vulnerable feeling, um, without the, without the things he was supposed to be taking. Um, exactly. And so I, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that he took his own life. I'm sure there are people out there that are like, no, man, and I'm not a guy, spirit guy, so you and I are probably on the same page about him committing suicide. Yeah. Now, I'm... But ish- let's dive into his music and yeah, what he was music. actually doing and not not the stories <laughs> surrounding it. So... Because uh, I don't want to romanticize it. No, no, it's not romanticizing at all. I mean, I'm, I'm sure... You, do you like Nick Drake as well? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, going on, uh, Elliot Smith did too. But um, let's <laughs> let's talk about from uh, his posthumous release from Base on the Hill, which was supposed to be a double album. Uh, still pretty, lots of tracks on this. Fifteen tracks on this record. Um, yeah, it's pretty lengthy. It's about an hour. Yeah. The, out of all of Elliot Smith's records, this one is the 
has the most rock and roll in it. I guess the best way to put it. Yeah, for uh, sure. It was way different than what the stuff I'd listened to before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still um, had those things from earlier records, Quiet Songs, hushed vocals, but then the some of these songs are fucking loud and weird. They're fucking weird. Yeah, it has a lot of weird in it, which I really like. Yeah. Um, well, here, we'll dive into this one. We'll mm-hmm. start off with Coast to Coast, the yeah. first track, which um, has some weird kind of out of tune guitar yeah d tune guitar that a lot of the a lot of the stuff especially in this track um gave me like my bloody valentine vibes mm-hmm. or at least like in the wheelhouse of like what they were trying to do of a lot of this like it's out of tune but not so out of tune that it sounds bad just out of tune that like it catches your ear and just sounds different it makes I, everything just sound like ugly the, the best way i could put this and i hate to use the drug analogy but there are a lot of songs in there have a dope sick feeling to them like they're out mm. of they're like you're dizzy or um or uh vulnerable um and uh i it's it's a hell of a way to start a record i think um I, I yeah, guess, one of the one of the things I was thinking was like I don't remember Elliot Smith being so rock. Yeah, because what I heard wasn't it no. was just guitars and singing. A needle in the hay from Rolling Stones, <laughs> <Tim Moms. laughs> um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean Elliot Smith he writes a lot about the death, depression, and the music industry, which is throughout this you can hear sort of um, allusions to that. So I, I I do love some of the imagery in this song. Like Circuit Radio comes every for the Sunday. That that line mm-hmm. in there is I think it's so fucking cool. I don't even know what circuit writer is until I, I hooked it up after <laughs> after, you know, um doing this. It's been a I gotta be honest, it's been a while since I straight up listened to Elliot Smith stuff, like like just a whole record because and I listened to it I don't know, a couple weeks ago and I was like, Man, this is fucking heartbreaking listening to it. You know, like Oh yeah, I think you even texted me. Yeah. It was it was difficult, um to go a long time without listening to it, then coming into it again. When I listened to it constantly, you know, when I was when I was younger, a kid mm-hmm. even. But this song, it's it's a, it's a longer song. It's five and a half minutes long, and it's got you know at the end it's got this poem being read by his friend, and it it it's just all types of twinkling uh, piano and guitar, and it's it rocks too. It's a it's a killer song. Yeah, and then it ends with this really cool, just like it sounds like a bunch of different poems being mm-hmm. just read at the same time. Yeah, and it it it's very uh, sonically interesting, you know. It's yeah, and then we get into the next track, "Let's Get Lost." It's it's a song basically about about how he every wish he has he pushes away and uh, makes it so shitty that um that he doesn't even think about it, he just goes somewhere else. Um, like it. Mm-hmm. You know, burning bridges I cross to find some people who's lost, and it also shows that, um, like for example, I don't really care who follows me there, as in he doesn't care who he, who he hurts along the way, but he's still got to ramble. <laughs> I guess if that's yeah, way it, put it. he's more of a a journey man mm-hmm. than a, like he's not really looking for a destination or a relationship or anything like that. It's like he's kind of just like I I want to be wandering around. Yeah, it's a gorgeous song too. It's uh, mostly just him and uh, guitar, his guitar, and it's gorgeous song um yeah there's there's some strings in there that are yeah. kind of they're like rhythmic more than than uh, like melodic mm-hmm. um but it is i this is a little bit closer to what i remember his uh the his, stuff i had listened to sounding like yeah but i do really i really like that uh the pair of lines the burning every bridge i cross to find some beautiful place to get lost yeah it's just 
good lyrics. Yeah, and Elliot Smith, and Elliot Smith's great at that. And you know me, I'm a lyrics guy. Um, You're a lyric guy. Yeah, I'm a lyric guy. <laughs> <laughs> then we get into. I'm I, an oilman. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, then we get into pretty ugly before. A uh, pretty princess ugly before, which is, I um they didn't really uh, really have released a single for this record. But this track was released as a single a couple years before the record came out. So the closest they got to a single was this song, Pretty Ugly Before. Okay. Um, I, I like the song. I pretty much like every song on this album. Yeah. Um, this one has the first overt drug reference. Like, like I think. Um, for example... Uh, Lay it on me. What is it? Because you got to get high somehow. But if you're going to look deep... What? That's drugs? Yeah. But if you, you just like, <laughs> sunshine be keeping me up for days... I'm thinking, you know, if I want to get into the the dude that so like, you know it's about drugs, man, we'll be it's like could be doing methamphetamine, it's not going to sleep, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just something, yeah, something to and, get you high, yeah. And, um, but I I like this one. The, this album does this a lot of mm-hmm. like starts quiet and then like kicks in. Yeah, it kicks in. They're but like he never. In. I love I love kicking in, and I love in this song and really throughout the album where he like chooses to kick in. Cause it's always like, he'll kick in like mid lyric. Yeah. Mid, mid verse and or he, something like or that. So it's he'll... never like, Oh, we ended and this is the rocking out part. It's just like, Nope, sorry. I'm overcome with rocking out. Now we're going to rock. And the, part of the, of what I like about Lee Smith and this is true of all of his records that at least have percussion is that, Oh, most of the song will not have the kicking in part. Like it'll be like, mm-hmm. you know, like, more than half the song's over, and that's when they kick in. You know, like, and it's it really has a interesting way of keeping you engaged. I yeah, personally, I was never not engaged while listening to this record at all. Like, right, uh, but um, but he he has a very interesting way of doing it, and uh, not all most of the record, most of the stuff in here was done by Elliot, the piano, electric guitars. And some of the drumming was done by Elliot too, not in this song, but uh, if you, the drummer for um, Wilco, Glenn Koch, I don't know how to say his last name, but he has a real deep affection for the way that Elliot plays drums, um, saying that they're, that they're almost not in tune, but you can hear something. And I'm not a drummer, so I couldn't tell you. But, um, right. <laughs> I'll have to listen again and pay attention more to the drumming. But what I like about because most of it's him playing stuff, mm-hmm. um, is the whole, the entire vision comes from one person. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of able to leave individual egos behind. Cause it's like, you get these little piano flourishes yeah. that really like, they sound cool and they really just kind of sit there and support the singing or they support the guitar. It's like, they're really, they're like there and mm-hmm. barely there. And I, so I, it's like, and that's it. Like you don't really have like a piano player trying to show off or anything like that. It's all just like in in support of the total package. Yeah, there's it's very total package. There's nothing overshadowing anything, and if it does, there's a good reason for it. Um, part of what I love Elliot Smith too is the voice of Elliot Smith is something else. Uh, he does a lot of double tracking, a lot of uh, multi like, harmony parts. So you hear mm-hmm. you hear voices. It's all his, but put together and like. It's insane. That I couldn't imagine doing something like that. Like hearing yeah, that. Yeah. Like, and, where do you start? Yeah. Producing. What layer do you start with? Yeah. Even. Yeah. So, um, and 
I know a, a couple of it's been songs and guitar, but all, all the other stuff, I'm like, that's a weird fucking chord that I never think to put here. That they mm-hmm. can, I can barely form on the fretboard. Um, and this song for like a second has a weird little like country twang to it. Yeah, yeah, for a little bit. And at some point he plays like, I don't know if it's like just a little guitar thing he plays, but it like twangs for a second and never comes back. Mm-hmm. So Listen for the twang. And also, um, a lot of this record also has really dirty parts to it. Not dirty like nasty, but like, 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 like a guitar that has the gain up too high, which is a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Which example of that? Don't go down. The next song, the next song in there, is it your rock song? And it's that's dirty. The best, that's the best segue we'll get. <laughs> it's it's dirty as fuck. Um, and, and this song is about destruction. About he says, "Mad girl, slow in hell." And people are like, "Well, they obviously talking about crack or whatever." And maybe he was. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he was. How was that about crack? Uh, yeah. Who would think that Had people been... not heard the phrase "snowball in hell"? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, like it's snowballs chance in hell. Yeah, yeah. It's he met a girl, but it's you know you know it doesn't have a chance, or it was a weird thing that happened. I met a girl and pigs flew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pigs are flying. Is that oh, that's LSD? Yeah. What? But I really like uh, the it, he builds a really good atmosphere in this one where it, like mm-hmm. starts off with this like low rumble. It kind of has like it sounds. It's like driving sounds almost. But yeah, not, yeah. Like, a bunch of like. Yeah. It's like um, like if you're sitting in a car like listening to the world go by. I guess. Oh, that's a good way um, to put it. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. That's an interesting way to put um, that. When the music's going, it kind of has just like heavy wall of sound behind everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe at this point in my listen through, this one was my favorite. Oh yeah. Yeah, I really oh, like this wow, one. The, I got a different one, but uh, my I've listened to this record so many times, my favorite changed over and over. Oh, of anyway. course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but don't go down. I uh, mean, if you want to say it's about drugs, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight you on it. But again, like if we we guys we reference genius as we're doing this, and mm-hmm. uh, genius is oh done. genius genius on both of our albums was just a nightmare. <laughs> it was just so so many people like. Oh my god, just this song, like, I don't know, big word. This song is like quintessential Elliot. And it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. Not say, it's not a review. It's, what are the lyrics? Like, mm. I don't know. I, mean, I was getting frustrated. It's hard, but it's, also, his lyrics in this are, and I'm going to put this this way they're, they're the most uh, um, overt of his lyrics. They're the most straightforward because a lot of stuff is really vague and oblique and. Uh, mm-hmm. But this one, like, if you were to make a song about, make a record about drugs, and you use these lyrics to say, you know, don't go down, that sort of thing, um, uh, I'd say that I'd find a better place we could spend eternity. Uh, she knew the sense, I knew the senselessness, the worthlessness, she had to rise above and all that shit. Like, if, if it's about drugs, that's, that's fine, but I didn't get that listening to it. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, mm-hmm. and what I was kind of noticing while listening to this is his songs are very rarely about one thing. Oh, they're all about all so kinds of So I think things. in this song, drugs are an element to oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's like then he's he's talking about something else. Like every song, like even though they're straightforward, is like this song is about drugs, but also a girl, but also this. Yeah. And that happens multiple times. So it's I think saying it's like only about drugs is a little too 
I don't know, utilitarian or something. It's very just like, it needs to be about only this because he says the drug word once. Yeah, let's move on to the next one, Strung Out Again. Um, and this Not uh, about drugs. Not about drugs, it's about the music industry, 1%, <laughs> right? Like, like It's I, about what? The music industry. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more straightforward than a record, a song he had on either of or called Angelus, um, which was mm-hmm. a, about Los Angeles and the, and the funny shit that happens there. But um, <laughs> another song that starts off soft and light, yeah, and then gets heavy, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, a good trick. More it, people should do that. Yeah, I mean the Pixies did it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's why the Pixie, that's why early Pixies was so good, and why new Pixies isn't that good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't really. Well, I mean, I don't even really like the last two of the classic uh, oh, Pixies yeah. albums. What are you? Are like, you do little guy? I'm a Doolittle, yeah. Surfer Rosa, yeah, me too. and uh, Come On Pilgrim kind of guy. Mm. I'm a, um, I'm a Doolittle almost like exclusively Boss- guy. Oh, yeah. I yeah. don't like Bossa Nova, and I don't like... Is it Troop Lamone? I can't remember what yeah. the hell that album's called, because I don't like it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like... I mean, this song does, I guess, the Pixies thing. Yeah. Um, but it never goes back to quiet. His stuff is yeah. always, like, starts... I think he, he might later on in the album. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Um but he always he'll start quiet and get loud, and he never goes like quiet loud, quiet loud. It's yeah. just like you get it's it's you get two different kind of things. Um, and I really like the lyric on "I don't know where I'm going," uh, and I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah, he re- he likes he likes the wandering. He likes the journey. Like yeah. I was saying earlier, but he I mean, really like, likes that's also sort of like he wants to be lost in a beautiful place. In the in, but also the industry pushing him to somewhere that. He's just going for along for the ride, and he doesn't want to know because if he did know, he might not want to go. I guess exactly. Um, He's going to the vet. Don't <laughs> tell him. <laughs> yeah, the shots time. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the next one. Oh, um, Elliot Smith has worms. Yeah, I found farewell. Which when I bought this record was my favorite when I bought it. Um, I like it. Uh, it has a really interesting texture, kind of mm-hmm. similar, not a similar texture to Don't Go Down, but like it's very textural. It's It's got like some wobbly guitars. And it's got really, uh, it, it really sets a mood. It's got really interesting melodies when it comes to just simple lines, like pitch burning on a shiny cheese. When you first notice the double track vocals, he's a, he does a interesting melodies on lines that I guess he really wants to hammer into place. Um, when this is a song also that if I was in my car with my friends and I they they this is the song they'd hear and want to borrow the CD and the ones mm-hmm. that I'd have to call them please bring back my Hit Smith record um, yeah but go just go on Kazaa or LimeWire yeah, and download yeah, it yourself I, yeah it mooches <laughs> I'm trying to think of yeah I'm sure that you know we talked about how LimeWire Kazaa they'd have like a band artists on there that weren't the artist or the song. You know, like oh yeah, I can't tell you how many times I downloaded "Woohoo" by the Gorillas. <laughs> yeah. dot wav or uh, or, or uh, "Detachable Penis" by Primus, <laughs> which is actually song number two by Blur and yeah. "Detachable Penis" by King Missile. Yeah, or uh, "I'm not sick, but I'm not sick, but I'm not well" by Green Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, also reminds me of when. But, I was, okay, fond farewell. Oh yes, yeah, is a song about drugs. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, 
Like yeah. I, I, there were some lines here, like veins full of disappearing ink. Yeah, vomiting, vomiting in the kitchen, in the kitchen sink. sink. In a, you know, it says this in my life. It's just a fun for a welter friend, which is Stuart saying, I'm not really fucked up all the time, but I'm just, I'm just having, you know, I'm having drugs down now because I'm saying goodbye to it. This is like a yeah. It's it's kind of an interesting take on it of this like, um, quitting it, but it's like. He doesn't. Ne- I feel like he doesn't even necessarily see it as like a bad times. He's kind of like, hey, me and heroin, we had good, we had good times. He's a friend, but you know, I gotta, I gotta stop. So I want to mention something. Verse three is sort of where I got the idea that, uh, not the idea, but verse three reinforces the fact that when people do drugs and are addicted for a long time, after they get doing it, that nothing's really fun to them anymore. So mm-hmm. he says, I see you're leaving me and taking up with the enemy. The cold comfort of the in-between, a little less than a human being, a little less than a happy high, a little less than suicide. And um, and people go, suicide. You know? But, like, <laughs> what he's saying is that he's when he's not doing drugs, he feels shitty. You know, like, yeah. It, he says, this is not life worth living without this thing that, that I've been dependent on for so many months, days, years, you know. And that's... That's uncomfortable. If you uh, were to confront that as a person, anyone, it became uncomfortable. But knowing what Elliot did after this record, um, it really makes you, it, people want to not look at it as a swan song. But verse three really hits me hard, and I didn't really think mm-hmm. about till recently. You know, like like going over these lyrics again because I didn't sing along with them since I was like you know t- twenty years old. But like, but um, yeah, that 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 hit me hard when I was. Actually, going to the lyrics a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. And then we get into King's Crossing, which is my favorite song on the record, 100%. It, I did actually write down favorite and circled on this one. Yeah. Um, it starts out. I, I write down when it's like my favorite so far oh, yeah, yeah. as I'm listening through stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think this is the one. It's It didn't really get. It starts out with, you know, um, talking and you hear this slow, slowly coming in as this piano riff sort of. Uh, that comes in and it sort of introduces the song and then disappears for the rest of the song. Like, mm-hmm. how it comes in, how it's introduced itself. Um, and I, I love lines. I mean, this this has to do with addiction, death, has to do with the music industry even. And um, Everything. He's ev- packing multiple themes in here. Yeah. And he, he even references Lou, Lou Reed, which uh, I didn't think about until they mentioned <laughs> the heroin song <laughs> by mm-hmm. Lou Reed. And I was like, well, fuck, okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I like this one. It has like a really long intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it builds in a really cool way. Um, and everything synths show up, and everything comes in too. Just and it has like one of the things like oh, said, yeah. it's loud. Um, yeah, I really like like the synth sounds in this. It's like it's either really low, kind of rumblies, mm-hmm. or like really almost like spooky sounding high notes that are like if I were to make a ghost sound on a synth. This is what it would sound like. Um, it has some lines on this I love. Uh, for example, uh, it's Christmas time, kneels on the tree, skinny Santa's bringing something to me. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, the method acting that pays my bills, keeps the fat man feeding in Beverly Hills. Yep, yep. It's got, and, um, I mean, it has, this line's chock full of great Elliot lyrics, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, even says that I'm going on a date with a rich white lady, which, what does that mean, guys? 
I don't know. <laughs> but he's such a white lady. Is before. it crack cocaine? Or it could just be talking about high society, you know? Yeah. Who knows you? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but um, the last the last verse is really interesting because it ends. It it's not like he's going. He's going like the. I guess it's a verse, but it it fades away, you know, like mm-hmm. and not not like in a studio fade out, but sort of like like everything starts to fall away from it, and he ends it on purpose with this spooky sound for sure, um, and. People want to talk about this is uh, talking about his time and in, in a mental hospital, which, hey, could be. <laughs> I, I mean, I, maybe, but I think that comes later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but King's Crossing right now, uh, if I'm in my car by myself, I crank this shit up and sing along. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we, now we get to the real best song on the album. So it's called Ostrich and, Ostrich and Chirping. And apparently this wasn't even supposed to, this wasn't something Elliot did. It just ended up on the record and they kept it there. Which is ridiculous Weird. to me. I mean, I get, it's just an interlude track of uh, like birds chirping and what kind of it, it's just like distorted. I don't know, like carnival jaunty music. Yeah, it wasn't even written. It, it like, wasn't even written by Elliot. It wasn't even done by him. It, was, it, was done by it just else. sounds. It sounds like somebody just recorded something while walking through the park, and they're like, "Yeah, that's fine." Yeah. So, and it's like what, like less than a minute. Yeah, and I, I, I don't even know why I put it on there, but I did because I feel like. I guess it's still part of the record. I'm gonna add. A I mean, you got to talk about it. Yeah. It's part. We won't talk long because now we're gonna move on to Twilight, which is my second favorite song on the record. So, throughout this album, he builds really good ambiance, mm-hmm. and throughout the whole song, there's mm-hmm. crickets going in the background, like he's playing it outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love it. It, I this song is it's the first song uh, I tried to learn guitar by Elliot Smith was Twilight. I still How don't know go? it. I still don't know. <laughs> is it hard to play, or you just uh, keep forgetting? It, it's it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, folk artists out there that their songs are like C, D minor, E, and they could mm-hmm. be interchanged with anything, you know. So I just don't know the the, the chord progression on this. I keep forgetting it. He tried. He threw an F in there, and you were like, God. Yeah, it's damn like it. oh, there's an F there. That's why it sounds weird. <laughs> but um, it's, well, there's also a lot of like folk artists that do um like weird tunings and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Yeah, where it's like oh. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's just playing chords on a guitar. How hard could that be? And then it's like, oh, we don't know what tuning he used because he made one up. And it's like, all right, I guess I'll <laughs> never learn that song. I, I so friends... Nick Drake did that a lot. Yeah. And I... um, uh, a, sp- a band called Maudlin of the Well, which is like a, the precursor to K.O. Dot. Yeah. Um, they oh... have some like folk sounding songs and it's like, Everyone's like, I don't know how to play this because he invented a tuning to play it. Bob Dylan's one of the tracks is done completely t- different tuning, so that's why I don't have any songs on it. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm like, because I have one acoustic guitar and one electric, and I'm not gonna change the tuning up every time I want to learn to play Tangled Up in Blue. But um, <laughs> exactly. And, and also, I had a friend who liked Desperate Confessional growing up, and he has that tuning where it's all D's except for the B string, which is like an they change it to an A. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what did you do? So I was playing dashboard too. I'm like, there's a name for that. I'm not gonna learn the name. But if you're gonna re- detune it, just tune it back for me when you're done. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this song, Good. this song is not in different tuning, but it's a beautiful song. Um, mm-hmm. it, and people want to say it's about you know doing drugs. To me, it's about about connecting with someone who is already connected to like you know, it's it's a kind of about cheating you. So it's sort of like. That's like, what I got from it yeah, too. It's that's about really connecting with someone, but they're already 
coupled with someone else. Um, oh, I, I guess I thought it was from the perspective of he was already with someone else. Yeah, that, and yeah, that's what I'm uh, trying to like you know connecting with someone, but it's like, well, I'm already in a relationship, so, um, which is kind of. Sh- I mean, but <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, yeah, it's it's got some good lines in it. Like, well, I'm tired of being down. I got no fight. Yeah, which is it's weird. Like, like, yeah, like, which is weird. You think you're tired of being down? You want to change something, but I got no fight means that I'm not going to. Like, you yeah. know, I've lost the will, you know. Uh, also, I mean, this has lines to drugs, which um, if I can find it really quick, it says, uh, you don't deserve to be going, but the drugs you got won't make you feel better. And I'm pretty sure he finds only a little life. It, he, at least with this interesting, cause he recognizes his faults. And then mm-hmm. he talks shit on someone else. For, not talking shit, but sort of explains them. It's like, I know what you're going through, and it's, it's going to fuck well, you up. I guess... How I interpreted that in this is it's people talking to each other. Yeah. Okay. So it's, that's a response. Like, I think, I think if I'm trying to, if I'm thinking about it, like the first verse is him. Mm-hmm. Second verse is probably her responding to it. And then mm-hmm. third verse is I do mention this somebody. Has, this has a really beautiful, um, I guess, it's orchestral part near like the middle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like after the, yeah, it, it breaks with the song to the last two things. And it's, it's a beautiful song. It's a gorgeous song. And um, it's also heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, like a lot of this record is. Um, but that song, much like the next one, it's just <laughs> a passing feeling. Yeah. Um, this also, this one also gets loud right away. I mean, it's a, it's a, a lot of these songs get loud after this, right? Yeah. Um, but this song is defo about drugs. Oh, yeah, defo about drugs for sure. And also, it's, <laughs> The, the the actual sound of it, it reminds me a lot of stuff of uh, EXO because there's bombast and there's like stuff in SO EXO, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's got some. I mean, it's a passing feeling. What he's saying, mm-hmm. um, it took a took a long time to stand, took an hour to fall. Very <laughs> uh, like if you've ever seen somebody strung out on heroin, yeah, it's kind of, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dead power line talking about overused veins yeah i mean it's it the death about drugs and uh it's loud and it sort of ends in some sort of uh, lots of just noise lots of squalls yeah. and feedback and it it also just has another just kind of interesting take on i guess his relationship with drugs because it's kind of like he's more or less just kind of explaining his reasoning be behind just like yeah this is why i do it it's like <laughs> i know, know it's a passing feeling but it's just kind of like here it's because of this, because of this, and do this. This is what it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about this one. It's hard to explain. Me neither. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> we'll then move on to um. Ooh, drop something. Uh, the last uh, the last hour, which is a uh, yeah. It's like the, the, the quiet the quietest song on the record, I think. Oh yeah, like very thin sounding guitar, very thin sounding voice. Like it, you know what it sounds like. What's that? It sounds like he did that thing that you said. Um, which band was it? Mountain Goats. Yeah, not Mount Erie. Mountain Goats. Mountain Goats. Um, uh, where it's like he was recording it on like a boombox or something. It's yeah, not yeah. very boombox recorded. Yeah, yeah very. Everything very... going through one single mic. Yeah, and everything just there, like just a good acoustic guitar and his voice, and that's all it is. It's a great mm-hmm. song though. I, I like this song quite a bit. 
Um, yeah, I kind of got the the vibe of a like a toxic relationship out of this one. You've got like your opinion was the law of the land. Uh, you ran me around and dragged yeah. me down and like one way love. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's um. I wrote down. You know, they broke up. It's sad, but it's over. And then sort of he's reminded of the relationship he had with her, or the, mm-hmm. the this person, and he can't drag himself away. Like he wants this person to leave him alone, but he can't do it himself. He can't mm-hmm. leave her alone, and so and I be honest, I've I've been in relationships like that, and it sucks. It's like it's like it's like okay, we broke up, but why why am I why are you still want to hang out with me? Well, what's the, what are we doing here? You know, right? And, and so it's 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 a, it's something I I connected with pretty pretty easily on the last hour. Um, but it's the quietest on the record. Not the prettiest, but the quietest. Which brings yeah. us into the shooting star. What did you think of the shooting star? Uh, I mean, I liked it. Uh, it had a lot of... A lot more kind of ugly notes. Like, you definitely hit the the ugly note stuff in this. Dope um, sick, dirty, loud. Yeah. And I, um, the lyrics I thought... It, I, put, I put Maneater. <laughs> like, like a, a little bit, yeah. yeah. It, it has this weird... Um, like a little narrative to it about yeah. like um whoever he's with is leaving at like as like the conclusion to an argument just yeah. like all right i'm out of here to go to a bar and go cheat with somebody but yeah. then it's like he's thinking back on like i was the dude at the bar yeah yeah, yeah. before <laughs> before this happened is like hey, you should have seen it coming yeah so it's it's about this girl who who uses up people not necessarily men but people and when mm-hmm. she you know, she uses him up, but she's never, huh, but she's gorgeous, but she's kind of a horrible person. Um, yeah. Which is, hey, it's, it, you'll have a sad, you'll have a sad shooting star, right? She's, yeah, it's just, it's kind of, it's a cool song, I guess. Yeah, it has a, has a great line of, uh, no one gets on with you very long because you don't feel bad when you lie. Yeah, and it gets pretty, it gets pretty, uh, it's venomous when he says to fuck some trophy boy. They do one time. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, that's it's kind of venomous. It's kind of a, kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's gotten good in there. Deep, digging deep, bud. <laughs> and then it ends on like a psychedelic jam. Yeah, yeah. Like a little, little, they rock out a bit, which is I was into. I was into that. Yeah. I was like, Ryan likes this part, I'm sure. Yep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You knew I would. Yeah. And then we get into Memory Lane, which is actually, I have an interesting thing to talk about Memory Lane. Uh, also, the, the another song I tried to learn about, Elliot Smith, which, I'm not near good enough to learn how to play. I tried. Yeah, it's got the album uh, titular line on it. Yeah. Uh, So this actual song I remember hearing in a movie theater like six or seven times over the course of weeks. It was being mentioned like over like the loudspeaker, like, you know, like movies before net, like before long, before they started playing previews before previews, where they'd have like Mm -hmm. the movie trivia and then they'd be playing music over the speaker. This song was like being featured in, a film, and so I've heard this song like six or seven times before I actually knew who it was from or what it was about. And um, I love this song. Um, Memory it's a great Lane. song. Yeah, it's it's generally just him and guitar, and it's it's kind of it sounds jaunty and cheerful, but it's it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's so. It's, this is the song I was talking about um, when people were saying like, "Oh, this song's about him being in the hospital." It's like I think this song is. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's also sardonic. It's kind of funny, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and 
but you know, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you noticed I picked out the most like the most Elliot line in this, which is um, <laughs> which is isolation pushes past self hatred, guilt, and shame. I was like, yeah, I gotta put that in there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like like right when I was when I was actually putting together the, the clips for this, I'm like, I gotta put, I gotta put that part in there, obviously. But um, yeah, this song. Oh is, yeah. This song. This song is about him, basically. Um, yeah, like this is the place you when you lose chase, which is a fucking mental hospital. Um, yep. And and he's isolated in there, kind of just stuck with only with his thoughts and memories. He says, uh, he talks about it's just if it's a decision to be open about yourself, be careful or else, you know, it's like, hey, don't don't say what you really think because people are gonna try to help you or kind of help you, you know? Yeah. Um, but I love this song. Uh, good song. It's, it's got like I didn't hear it in a movie theater though. Yeah, it's like for example, Doctor spoke a cloud. He rained out loud. I like that um, line. <laughs> it's just it's just cool wordplay. It's nothing really to read into on that one. <laughs> but we can move on to the. Uh, but yeah, great song, quiet song, and yeah. And then the next song yeah. is so little one. Um, is there's a song of EXO called Pizzola. Mm-hmm. And Pitsula is Yiddish for little one. So it's something he goes, oh. yeah, so it's something he references a lot. But um, I, I, I had a hard time figuring out what the song was about, mostly. Um, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure I there's could, other drugs. I could really wrap my head around it, uh-huh. but it's, I think it's like one of the most experimental on the album, although it doesn't even really seem like it. It has some like, it. I mean, it's kind of lullaby-like, but yeah. it's got like some backwards guitars um, just weird sounds kind of like show up and do all this. Um, and then the end of it is like, there's double lyrics where like lyrics are being sung at the same time Yeah, right. with like the same, uh, almost kind of like the same diction. But if you listen to it, it's two different lyrics. Yeah. And uh, that's really interesting to do. I think I, I had a hard time, not a hard time, but I was like, I was looking at the lyrics. I'm like, Oh, I'm actually hearing that other part of it now. Cause I didn't know it was there yeah. before. And it's like whichever part you pay attention to, you hear something but different. You can't hear both at the same time. Right. Um, and then we get into the last song, which is easy about drugs. Um, uh, mm-hmm. A stro- distorted reality is now a necessity to be free. Which is, it's a way you tell, but it's a line from the song, guys. Um, but this <laughs> song, I don't like the, I actually hate the, uh, the, the um, intro of this song. Oh, really? I don't know. What's the intro to it? It's like a dung 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 a dung 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 with just like a single guitar and piano. Um, oh yeah, it's kind of bluesy. Yeah, and then but it's quickly forgiven. By by the way, I love the song after except yeah. for that part. Um, like for example, the, the my face part. You disappoint me. You have people raking on the world. That's when I was like, I I forgive you. Um, but but yeah, it's about being high to have to deal with reality. Yeah. So uh, in. Reality is so disappointing. It talks about acid. It talks. It talks about ODing. It talks about floating in a black balloon. Uh, this song is, yeah, like Ryan said, it's about escaping reality using drugs, and that this one's the drug song. Yep, and that's Elliot Smith's from Basement in Hell. Um, you liked it, right? It was great. Do you think you revisit it? Most likely. Yeah, I think I'll probably go back through and give Elliot Smith a full listen to again, because it's been a long time. He was pretty early on in, like, my music discovery stuff, and then uh, 
flashier, weirder stuff came along, and I, he, he was a very small blip that I remember, mm-hmm. um, but just haven't revisited too much. Yeah. Uh, but um, this is my second favorite Elliot Smith record. Not my third favorite. It's hard to say because I... But it, it's it's definitely one of the most interesting things he's done. But it's like... I'm trying to imagine what he'd sound like if he had a big studio budget because after DreamWorks dropped him, or he left Dream, DreamWorks, he went and did this with a, a indie label. Something similar to kind of music he would have made if he had a full budget for this. But... uh. It, it's definitely a, a weird snapshot into someone's final final days, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I I, I definitely recommend it. You guys can buy it. I got it on vinyl, um, and you know, it's on Spotify and all those other places. But that's Elliot Smith, and uh, I guess just to pull together, I'll take a picture of the tattoo, and um, that'll be in our Facebook and Instagram post. I'm hoping. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Now, so, for my choice, mm-hmm. I do not have a tattoo of the band or the album. <laughs> okay. Who, who's your band and what's the album? All right. So, for mine, I went with a band that they're still, like, technically together, mm-hmm. but they've been on hiatus for 12 years. You're, you're not confident they'll ever get back together and record another record, are you? Like, they keep, they keep kind of, like, doing stuff like little unofficial things it's like every couple of year maybe not even every couple of years i think since this album came out they've recorded like a song or two mm-hmm. but it's like they i don't think they're really serious about getting back together um so i picked portis heads third right so um, third album I'll, I'll when i'm explaining kind of the the genesis of this album you'll see why i don't think they're going to get back together okay um so Portishead started off with their first two albums being like a trip hop band. Right. <laughs> so kind of more of like a laid back groove oriented singing kind of like l- less, less experimental than you'll see how this one is. Um, but it's like hip hop was singing over it. Okay. Um, and after those first two albums, Basically, everyone in the band was uh, just kind of like, we don't really like making music anymore. Like, I get nothing out of it. <laughs> um, they kind of went on to do some, like, solo stuff. Um, they, yeah, so it was before this, it was just two albums and, like, a live performance where they're like, we're going to do our songs, but now we have an orchestra. They right. did the Metallica's S&M thing, you know? really good Mm -hmm. um but they don't play any songs from third because it happened before that but um they they went on hiatus the guitar player and uh all that stuff went off and like hung out in australia just (laughs) producing like they produced albums but they were like we're not doing anything for ourselves because like they just weren't feeling happy with playing music too much anymore but they're like this is what we know how to do so we're gonna keep doing it they're english or british right yeah okay from close to the town of Portishead. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's where the name comes from. All right, you got it now. <laughs> yeah. So they were in um, Australia recording an album for Coral. Um, like helping out. They were producers on an album by this band called Coral called uh, The Invisible Invasion. And they really liked the process of doing it. Um, there's a quote here of uh, 
at, from uh, Barrow in the one of the guys. I think it's Jeff Barrow yeah. in the band. Um, him and the other guy were doing stuff. He said, "Here's me and uh, Addy." These older dudes, too scared to even play a note because we were scared we'd hate it. And then there's them just being able to write a soundtrack in an afternoon. Um, so they just got really inspired by the, I guess, like the openness of the sessions and really being able to do uh, whatever they wanted to do. So the idea behind going into this album was like, besides the singer, we are going to make a clean break from everything we had done before. So... They pretty much they made it a point to not play any instruments that they had played before on a previous album. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Um, so it's like they got some old synthesizers that they liked the sound of. They were more inspired by like kraut rock and space rock and dub and just a lot of weird. Like they just did a lot of weird stuff on it. Um, which I I can go into more when we're. Uh, after we listened to it. Um, but this came out in 2008 after a couple year hiatus and it's awesome. Like I like their older stuff. I like their trip hop stuff, but it's like when you hear something by a band, that's just so inspired. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can hear just how much care they're putting into it, how much fun they're having with it. Just, I feel like they make a lot of weird choices and every single time it's the correct choice. <laughs> right. It's so like, like it's actually pretty similar to from what, what I was reading about the, the Elliot Smith one we just listened oh, to. Yeah, where interesting. It's like he tried to do just kind of weird things. Like he did like really kind of detune the guitars up and like right about to the point of it sounding bad and then being like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. They kind of did stuff like that on this one. Yeah, uh, just I, a lot of. I have some I have some thoughts on this record, so yeah. Cool. Well, uh, let's let's listen to it and right, this is we'll Port get into it. Porter's heads third. Esteja alerta para as regras dos três.
And that was uh, Portis Head's third. Um, I know, sorry, I to, knew you didn't know. Like, I was like, yeah, it had that menacing sort of howl at the end of it onto your clip. I know, which goes on for like <laughs> 45 seconds. You're just like, is it, is it going to end? Um, off the top, one thing, like, I immediately wrote down after I finished listening to his album was like, I, I get so lost in mm-hmm. it. Like, this thing is 40 minutes, but it feels like it's, like, 10. Yeah. It, like, I finished listening to it, and I'm like, that's the last song? It's over already? Yeah, this whole record, it's subdued, but it's menacing at the same time. Oh, yeah. That's what I got from it. It's it's something else, man. I I have nothing but nice things to say about it, honestly. Um, I, I had this idea what Ports had sounded like in my head, and I never even heard him. But um, I yeah. Didn't... What did you What did you think they sounded like? I don't know, like like PJ Harvey or some shit. Like like I had some weird like I didn't know. I actually didn't know. Like like, but I had mm-hmm. this idea of like. I mean, it's probably closer to what uh their first two sound like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is this is a weird record. It's fucking weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it is uh Tom York's favorite album. Oh well, okay. I guess I get definitely can hear that. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's menacing, it's subdued, and it's, it's, I don't, I feel like that the, that, um, the, the music that was written separate from the lyrics, and, and then she came in, why they weren't there and sang. <laughs> like, like, that's, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm getting from it. Not that it's a bad thing, it's just that, it's, the, the things are so separate, but also, like, married at the same, th- same time, that oh, makes yeah. sense. So, like her voice and vocals are definitely a big part of it. Um, oh but, yeah. I mean, I really didn't write down a lot of lyrics because the lyrics, honestly, on this don't hit me yeah. very hard or as being very interesting. There's some like decent imagery on it. Yeah. Um, but um, so uh, one thing, yeah, I, mean, I think the the vocals themselves are really important. So let's 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 start on the first song, um, silence. Just not silence. Yeah, start out with the intro. Opens, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Opens with a voice sample of, um, it... Spanish? Is... No, it's Portuguese. Oh, could you go? Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, it is a, uh, a part of, like, some Wiccan teaching about the importance of the number three, um, <laughs> that they, like, rewrote and gave to, like, Brazil's top capoeira teacher to say in Portuguese. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, we need you to do this." So like, you got it. <laughs> so yeah, this... and then the uh, instruments kick in, and you get some like echoey guitar. And if we want to talk about weird, um, uh, what you call it, uh, weird experiments that they did is they did this echoey guitar line that they were just like, whatever, we're not going to match it up to the tempo of the song. We're just going to set the echoes yeah. and it fits. Tell me about it. Dude, this, this, this song is in three, four time signature. And I was having a hard time. Like, like I was like, like trying to like nod my head on. I'm like, Nope, that I'm off the whole time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh that's, that's why I noticed immediately is that, is that one, I feel like the, the tempo of the drums or the rhythm section is really there, right? Like it's some, it's a mean thing about the song and, Everything else just ornamentation. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah. And that's why I got. Th- that's why I got through a whole lot of the circuit, except for one song, which we'll talk about. But um, 
I like I've listened to the song probably six or seven times by now. I love it. Okay, uh, I also do have the translation okay. for uh, the opening thing. It's beware the rule of three. What you give uh, will get back at you. This lesson you must learn. You only get what you deserve. And I, I guess this song I wrote. I tried to decide, I tried to analyze some of the lyrics and I wrote down sort of um, sexy despair. That's how I got from her voice, like sexy despair. <laughs> but I don't think that's it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I like this. Uh, I like the song is. No, go for it. Uh, the, the end of the song, the sweeping chords at the end, that I really was into. I was like, when when the guitar is like, like they're definitely going at it. Um, yeah. What did you think about the very end of the song? Where it just cuts off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just. Mid phrase. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, like, I looked at my. I listened to it so far. I'm like, did, did it skip? Like, what's the deal here? Did I actually, I actually went back thinking I actually skipped it. <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh, yeah. No, I think I did is. that the first time I listened to this album. Like, what did I, did I listen to the right thing? <laughs> yeah. It's the silence come to get you. I was like, I, actually, I was like, I wrote that down. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, it just stopped. Like, it, like, it just stopped. Like, I'm like, did, that's on purpose, I guess. So yeah, <laughs> but this this whole track is really good, like layer building, which is kind of a theme throughout the album. Um, but then you already kind of get a sense of, I guess, the level of experimentation that they're going to be doing throughout the album is like they don't they don't really like ease you into it. They're just like, all right, you're here, strap in. And it's it every every time they have at least a percussion, which is often. Um, it's always very driving, mm-hmm. like always, always going. Oh yeah, and it, um, and there were only a few songs where they sort of let up a bit. And the next song was Hunter. Um, I got, mm-hmm. a, I got a sort of like what I wrote down. I wrote down sort of like a lounge act sort of feeling to it. Yeah, I got a cinematic vibe that gives me kind of like opening credits or like creepy montage sequence. See, I got something different. I got some. A girl laying on a piano singing, like in front of like a, a oh really <laughs> a, a hazy club, you know, like, 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 like you know, has a secret. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it. I mean, it does. It does. It has that vibe, and it it gets close to like almost kind of like swaying, grooving, and then it just hits this dissonant droning. Oh yeah, I put um, yeah, it's. I really, I, I was really like, I like the little mid song synth break. I was really into that part of that. Like, yeah, yeah, like, and that's also when they sort of have a low, low descent that sort of morph into higher, but same sort of tone. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like, it opens the song in a really interesting way. It's just chimes and bass drum, which is like, I feel like two opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, with the of pr- just like super high pitch kind of light thing and this really low just... Boom, boom. And I do like the how the pre-course has like a dirty like a dirtiness to it. Like you get this sort of like low thumping sort of uh, distorted pre-course thing, and then it goes mm-hmm. into a course. And I, Beth Gibbons' voice, it it's something else, man. Like I feel like it was made for her, right? Yeah, like she's perfect for this. It's yeah, it, it's like a really interesting voice because it's not. I wouldn't like show it to anybody. Be like, listen to how good of a singer she is. But yeah. it's like I'd show it to somebody to just be like, listen to how like perfectly this somehow matches this music. Yeah, and it's and like I said, it's not like a, it's not racing, but definitely is heartfelt. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. is passionate. No matter if what you're saying doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Not saying that mm-hmm. she 
she writes it into such foolish. She said they're a little broad. <laughs> I guess the best way to put it. I, uh, I wrote love song with question mark because it's kind of like, sure. yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? But, uh, uh, and then we get to Nylon Smile, which I think is my favorite song on the record, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah, that early. Yeah, well, yeah. And I'm actually surprised it's not the next one. Uh, the Rip is my second favorite song, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Why are we down? I wrote down on quite a bit about this, but I, um, I would, Yeah, hit me with it. So, again, we get the thump, 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 or thump, 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 or thump, 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 like sort of like a, a driving beat again. And then you hear something mm. like a squeaky buzz or bee. I put squeaky bee, but like there's like this buzzing squeaky sound bee. that stays That's almost. What they called those my nicknames. <laughs> squeaky bee. Squeaky bee. But then there's this buzz. It's a high pitched buzz throughout that that stays the whole time almost. Oh yeah. Um, it's got. Um, I actually did write down lyrics for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, kind of Elliot Smithy. It's like I'd like to laugh at what you said, but I just can't find a smile. Yeah, so I got this sort of abusive relationship, sort of um, a feeling from this song. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, it's got some like really cool, kinda, like reversed instruments thrown in there, but it doesn't have that, like obviously reversed sound to it. Like they were rehearsed re- in reverse. I don't know. It's. It's interesting because it's like, you know, things backwards have a particular sound to it. Right. But like, like David Lynch somehow figured out how to make like backwards talking not sound like backwards talking. They somehow figured out a way to make reversed instruments not sound like reversed instruments. And this song, I think this is the first time I actually wrote down guitars are ornamental. Like to me, mm. like, like they're there to add flourish, but they're not with the song exactly. Um, was written Let me around. see if I can find the quote. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, there's a, is there... Um, there is a quote. Uh, basically, <laughs> the guitar player said, like, yeah, I used to be into the whole, like, virtuosity thing, but just, like, I'm I'm going in a different way now. Like, I, I approach and think about guitar in a completely different way. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to, like, shred or rip. He's like, I'm trying to enhance. Which is a great way to put it, because that's how I felt about it. Like... Like he, I feel like what he did is he um, he took the song and he said, "I'm not, oh, this is what I'm adding to it. This is a flavor, but I'm not gonna, yep. I'm not gonna overtake it. I'm gonna let the song do its work." Um, and I, by this point on the album, uh, I was really just thinking like, this album is like a masterclass in production. Like oh, listening to this thing yeah. in headphones is ridiculous because it's like you, like they put they almost put like instruments and stuff in like a 3d space so mm. it's like oh the guitar sounds like it's like over here but the drums sound like they're over here but then we've got this wall of synth happening like it, it has space to it it's really interesting it's a really interesting well yeah the, the, the um production is top notch um which brings us to the rip which um, is really like everyone's favorite on this album uh typically I, 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 i'm I, pretty I, sure it's my favorite it's I'd, uh, I wrote down something which is most accessible, which is not this one, accessible. But um, the rip is great. It's a it has a beautiful intro. It starts out sort of finger picked guitar sort of uh, stuff, and then it played on a toy guitar that they found at a thrift shop. <laughs> and then about halfway through, you and is it, I don't know if how how um how um familiar are you with Modest Mouse? Really familiar. So started from Boots. You know that song? 
It's all nice yeah. and nice. I feel like when the drums came and moved away, that's the feeling I got. The same feeling when the drums came out. Oh, yeah, where they just kind of go on yeah, yeah. for <laughs> yeah. so nice. Oh, and yeah. nice. Yeah, when it comes in, everyone's like, oh, fuck, yeah. And that's why I got midway through um, the rip. I got that same feeling I got from Star from Boots with the synthy uh, the drums. It. The synthy, uh, the synth in it, fucking top notch. I love this song. <laughs> so, the synths. Uh-huh. The they liked the sound that the synth they were using mm-hmm. made, but the sequencer does not have the ability to play arpeggios. Mm. So to get that sound, they recorded each note individually and then edited it into an arpeggio pattern. Oh wow! That, that, yep. that seems like it would have been um a little bit difficult to do. But, I mean, hey, that was the sound they were looking for. Uh, they also do something really cool where um, they, like, sample the vocals. So she says, like, will I follow? And, like, holds the note. And then they cut out a part of when she's holding that note. And then keeps stacking it so it appears like she's holding the note for, like, a minute. Oh, okay. Every time. Is and it, But it, it happens and it kind of, like, just blends in with the music. It's like a background thing. So this is your favorite song on the record? Yeah. So the only thing I like about this, and this is a stupid reason I like this song. So the chorus says "Wild White Horses," and um, I hate this. There's a band called Bishop Briggs, which I can't stand. And they have a song called "Wild uh-huh. Horses," and when every time I saw this chorus, like "fuck Bishop Briggs" and that fucking shitty song. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, for whatever reason, this song makes me think of "Silence of the Lambs," and even though I know the song is called "Goodbye Horses," it makes me think of <laughs> Buffalo Bill. But yeah, this song's killer, man. I fucking love almost everything about it. Uh, but it, like I said, when it gets into that uh, midway synth part, if the drums come in, it it really pulls the whole thing together. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, and they like they fade in on the drums a mm-hmm. little bit, so it's like they just kind of like come in there. And you're just yeah. like, oh shit! Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, move on to plastic. Plastic, which has this sound in it that sounds like a floppy helicopter. Or like a meat copter. Yeah, it's got. I don't even know how to describe it. It's um, it's got this uh, rising organ throughout the whole thing. You know, it sort of rises, mm-hmm. goes away, and comes back and rises. Uh, I, I, yeah, I wrote down the end. It has it's interesting sort of spinning sound. Like like you can't. There's like, you know, there's all this this shit in it that I can't make out yeah. what it is. You know. And it, the music's got this like start and stop thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the drums do this like drum fill, but the drum fill sounds all like chopped up and broken. Yeah, like it's losing internet connection during a drum fill. Yeah, that's what I got from it too. It's it's, it's an interesting song. Um, yeah, uh, chorus has this really heavy kind of wall of sound, um, and any sort of like groove that it has it lasts for like seconds at a time so like you get into it and then you get like the choppy drum thing and then just vocal yeah yeah this is the, the one organ that, fades in yeah the choppy drum thing is the thing i noticed most about this song um mm-hmm. and then uh we can move on oh, hold on they they do something i really like on this song mm-hmm. um and it's right around the third verse they add a guitar that's doing like these fun little arpeggio things that just shows up and it adds this extra little like i don't know like stanky flavor to it, where you're just like they show up, and I'm just like, ooh, that's perfect. How did you do think to just throw a like a dry, clean sounding guitar on here? How does it sound so cool? Did you scrunch your face like 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 yeah, they, there was a stink going on? Yeah, like he was playing like a blues lick. 
<laughs> um, which brings us to We Carry On. Um, which is my second favorite song on the album. Yeah, I agree. with. I mean, uh, I really like this song a lot. Um, I, I did write very Ryan sound, sound very Ryan song, mm-hmm. so I wrote on it, which is, I guess, the, you know, I guess... Also, this one, this one feels the most kind of like Krautrock inspired. Which I is, got droning. It yeah. has drone in there yeah, as well. Yeah. It has this kind of like high pitched drone, but like mm-hmm. this kind of like very repetitive, very kind of like simple thing. But they're just kind of like jamming on this two note thing. This give me a it's very Krautrock. This give me a vision in my head of a factory. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like a uh, assembly line type thing, but except near the end where it starts to starts to fall apart a little bit in a good way. Um, but is I felt it was like very mechanical. And I felt mm-hmm. I felt like the lyrics fit it too. I I wrote down sort of like you know, she says, um uh, oh yeah, it's sort of talking about don't you know like turns me, always wants me, I can really break sort of like saying she's not like a real person. Saying she's yeah. like can't you see yeah. the taste of life? Yeah, yeah, sort of sort do do, do, do. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, I've had this song stuck in my head all day. Yeah, it's a good song, man. Um I it's felt, got some like really like dissonant, ugly guitar that shows up in like the pre-choruses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the chorus is kind of like the only part of the song that really breaks this like driving flow. Yeah. It's a, it's a killer song. <laughs> yeah. Which, but yeah, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I like plastic quite a bit. Um, but I love it. No, this is, we carry. Yeah. On. I'm sorry. Well, I like, we carry on quite a bit. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, uh, I, it's it's the most drone I got of this record, but this is drone all over this thing. By the way, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, um, and then we get into the red herring on the record. <laughs> to me, you're right. Deep water. It's I like the song. It's good song. It just I'm like it's the one song where Beth, that's the the lyrics, the the one song where they're kind of hopeful because most of this record I feel like Beth is doubting herself and sort of real introspective and not sure what to do. This is the one that sort of feels like she's triumphant. She sort of has an idea. There's hope at the end of right. the tunnel. And it's also the only song where it's all ukulele and her. <laughs> like, that's all I got from And it. some backing vocals. And some backing vocals. Yeah, there's a little bit of backing vocals. But I, I really like, I actually do like the lyrics on this one, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah, it seems kind of out of place on the album. It's like just ukulele, just singing. It's all ukulele and vocals. It's got like a barbershop but, quartet vibe yeah, to it. But I do want to mention that I think it fits in way of breaking up the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that... But uh, it also, I think it fits lyrically with yeah. the, like you said, it's kind of dark and menacing, but it's got stuff like um, I'm drifting in deep waters, uh, alone with myself doubting again. I will try not to struggle uh, this time, for I will weather the storm. It's kind of like this, like, she she feels this kind of sadness or depression coming on, but knows it like comes in waves. Knows it's pattern. Like is so familiar with it. She's like, I'm gonna get through this one. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. It this was all, always kind of that track I I skipped for the longest time. But I think this track on this album is one of those ones that like people. If you like it initially, you don't like it later on. And if you didn't like it initially, it grows on you. I actually really like this song the first time I heard it. So. Well, shit, you're going to start hating it. 
Um, it's. I mean, it's even happened within the band. Oh, yeah? The, uh, the dude who originally wrote it doesn't like it anymore, and the guy who was kind of like, I don't think I like this very much while they were recording it was like, I don't know, I kind of like this. This is good. <laughs> What's with a machine gun? Which sounds like a machine gun. It's like... Yep. It's, uh, I was like, well, of course they're going to do that. Like, and But the thing I like about this song is that... The, 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 I felt like they the guys wrote this and she came afterwards. I feel like that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Like like they came with the they're like we called this one machine gun. She's like okay, and she came in and sang. <laughs> and um and uh I I like the song. I will say everyone on this album played all the instruments. She wasn't just vocals on okay. it. Okay okay cool. Um, uh, I didn't mention this in the the clean break part, but there were times where it's like oh in the past i played bass mm-hmm. um i'm not playing bass on this album <laughs> so like uh beth gibbons took on like the guitar role on one of these songs one of my stuff fe- like that one of the things about this song is it okay so it has um like i said that the same thing the whole song but they add little variations that keep it interesting um a little mm-hmm. different they all for this follow the sort of same line of the song I also wrote for the lyrics, No Gods, No Masters. So I feel like that's what Beth's saying is like, that like the one person I rely on is myself, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, I, I love that it's seriously just like the same thing. It's vocals and that same percussion beat over and over again, but they just keep, they keep messing with that one, yeah. that one thing adding like, uh, just different things to it. And it somehow keeps it interesting, even though it's the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again until, um, like the very end where you get this like eighties synth wave yeah. John Carpenter esque sounding And that's really like cool. film soundtrack thing at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that part of it. Um and then we get into small, which I think to me it's it's one of the most interesting songs on the record by the choice they made for the chorus. Um where it's just mm. it so like it it starts out you know, it's, to me, this song was built in guitar. So one's a few songs record, I felt the guitar was written for it. You know, like like they wrote this guitar part, and they're like, "Here we go." Uh, one of the few songs right. record, but the chorus on this is so strange because the chorus is just cello and her. You know, like, yeah. Which the way that they, I don't know if they affect the cello, but the way it's being played, like when I listen to it, into honestly, until you just said, I didn't pick up that it was really. I picked up that it was strings, but it's kind of like, I think for the longest time I even thought it was just like a keyboard sound. It was something that wasn't just somebody string in a cello. I got, I got cello, cello or viola, one of those two things for the chorus. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to see if it mentions it anywhere. I'm not seeing that. I think it's cello. Okay. But yeah, this... I was looking at the credits. I thought that was a really interesting thing they did for the chorus. A really interesting choice. And that's not to say the song isn't interesting at all itself. It's a really cool song. I like it quite a bit, but um, when it comes to lyrics, I'll just say turning away from religion, sort of misplaced guilt. But that again, this voice head record is basically about the instrumentation in the song. The, the voice is an instrument, not necessarily with this, what she's saying. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I, I thought that, yeah, like I said, the chorus is really fucking interesting to me. On this one. Yeah, and it, it kind of builds this, like, tension. Yeah. And when I was listening to it, again, I was like, man, this is like a tense chorus, and you kind of get this, like, what is this leading to? What's going to be the tension break? And it's a fucking psychedelic jam. <laughs> and I love it. It's, it's, and it's not even, it, it's, it sounds like this mix of, like, 
the doors and Jefferson airplane and early pink Floyd, just like, all right, boom. And then they go into like a, it, it makes no sense in the context of the song. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, this is the song. Of course, of course it has to have that be, be in the song. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got this like electric organ sound that they just keep adding ugly notes to until eventually it sounds like they're just like smashing their hands. Oh yeah, yeah. On the it, organ it's discordant stuff all throughout this clanks and rattles, you know, like during that freak out part. Like I, I was, mm-hmm. I really like that. Like the, the just the sort of the noise in it. I was really into this uh, part of it. And I, I changed my and mind. It's, this it's is got two two psychedelic jams. Yeah, yeah. One one like right before the last course and one after it. Like it, yeah, and it's end. got the second one has more of like a march vibe to mm-hmm. it. I want to like mention this is pro- there's this, more snare. This is probably my second favorite song on the record. Now that I think about it, it's <laughs> such a good song. Yeah. Um, then we get imagine. Yeah, some of the guitar yeah. in there is just so like, man, that's so Sid Barrett. That's, <laughs> I I love the first uh, Pink Floyd album. Yeah. so much. So when I listen to this, I'm like, dude, this is it's so Piper at the Gates of Dawn. It's so good. They're just getting sucked off by it. <laughs> Let's get the Magic Doors, which is uh, the most accessible song on the record for sure. I think. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think so. I, this is this one's actually my least favorite on here because oh, it's got. Yeah, I, I don't like it that much either. It's just, it's just. I feel like that it's if it would be played on the radio, it would mm-hmm. it would kind of make it there. But I honestly don't see Porter said any of the songs in here being played on on the radio at all, at all. Yeah. This one just kind of has this like stuttering drums mm-hmm. thing where it's like a beat is being played, but like you can't really nod your head along to it. Um, I put, it's I put got broken horn. Like, it's like a broken horn throughout it. Oh, I I think those are, I, they sound like bagpipes to me. Okay, it could be it. I mean, it sounds They're like it, little like microtonal drones. It's, an, it's, um, kind of, it's kind of ugly, but in a cool way, I guess. Yeah. It's got a uh, piano that shows up in the chorus. I think is like it's like perfect in there. It's similar to uh, Elliot Smith earlier. Like when those pianos show up, it's just like, oh man, pianos here. That was a good choice. That was exactly <laughs> that's exactly what this mix needed. It needed that little bit of like, I don't know. It's like I'm gonna put pepper on this food, and you're like, oh yeah, pepper, pepper. That's what it needed. A lot of people describing, and then it has a it has a. Uh, free jazz squeaky sax solo in it. <laughs> I think that's Which, what I was hearing, uh, by the way. Not backpipes. I think it's oh, from, that one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting at. Um, I do want to mention... Uh, that. During that one, mm-hmm. um, they basically just were like, hey, uh, they wanted a sax guy to do a free, like a free jazz thing. Uh, they said, uh, we made Gregory be a free jazz player that day. We told him to just go fucking mad, to freak the fuck out. He had to move out of the room so we couldn't see him, so he'd feel less inhibited. <laughs> I, a lot of people describe um, the the singer Beth Gibbons. This kind of her voice mm-hmm. is fragile, and I don't hear fragile, but I definitely hear like devastated. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. I don't hear fragile at all. I think that was a weird way to put it. I think they're just. They don't know how to describe what, how how she's singing, so they just pick that yeah. word, and that's the one that comes to mind. Because, yeah, I don't know. Um, then we. <laughs> I mean, I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> so then we get to the final song on the record, "Threads." Um, yeah. Also, a driving beat, um, menacing. Run. I think this one kind of has, uh, since it's like a little slower. It, yeah. It, 
has to me like a like it's like a wandering song like it has this thing this is a song you'd listen to yeah. rain like after it had rained on a during the night you're just kind of walking around the streets yeah you get like a faint synth waver in it too like that's mm-hmm. sort of there the whole time and the, i want to mention the lot of this record there's like the the hold the synth note for like half the song and then they'll change it yeah. and, and then go back to it and you're like okay <laughs> but, um yeah this that's, i think that's part of the uh the production thing i was talking about because for like a lot of it it's like they somehow get it in there so you don't notice it, but yeah. then like I, one time you're listening through it and you'll listen and you're like, they still playing the damn notes? <laughs> they still playing that? <laughs> How long have they been holding that? Yeah, I, I like this song. It's definitely not my favorite, but it's it's a good way like to to book in the record as in like, oh, this is what Portishead's third sounds like. You know, like mm-hmm. it's a good way to go about it. Um, and like- uh, this one kind of has that quiet, loud, quiet thing. Uh, it oh, doesn't yeah. sound like a Pixies song, but it's like <laughs> it's quiet, and then it gets really loud, and then it gets quiet again. I I really think that um, yeah, I, I, this makes me interested to hear what Portishead did before this, and I like you said, it feels short. I feel like there could be another thirty minutes of this, maybe. I feel like um, I, but it's forty minutes long. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, it's forty minutes long, but I feel like they could have done a double it. record on this one. I really, oh been, yeah, yeah. I wish they had. Um, this one actually has some lyrics I like in it. Mm-hmm. It's got, uh, I'm traveling so far, but somehow feel the same. Yeah. Um, or I've traveled so far, sorry. And then um, I'm worn out thinking of why I'm so, why I'm always so unsure. And then it does a really cool thing of like, she keeps singing, I'm always so unsure. And they like, they'll just layer the next one on, like, it, but it starts as soon as she says unsure. So you almost yeah. get this like, I don't know what you call it, like a round robin yeah, style. I, I do think it's like, really cool. I do like some of the lyrics in this too. Like, I'm alive when I sleep. Why am I not in all that I got? Like, I, I know she she has an interesting way of avoiding things. You know, mm-hmm. like 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 Yoda, but not. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. He's got to move it till it fits. Yeah. And I, then we referenced it earlier. It ends on this just dark sounding kind of like enormous drone mm-hmm. that, you know, what it, it reminds me of the, uh, the foghorn from the lighthouse. Oh yeah. 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 Of it's just this like, just it's wah. again, menace. And, and if you guys listen yeah. to Brian's clip, that's what you hear, but it's over and over again. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think they do it for almost a full minute at yeah. the end of the song. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, is this it? Is it? <laughs> it like I don't know. It feels like it just like spreads out forever. But yeah, it's a, this is a yeah. cool, this is a cool record. And I'm glad you really glad you showed it to me. I'll definitely be revisiting it for sure. Yeah, I will. After this, I'll send you a a song that's kind of like the Portishead song. Um, so a lot of people were kind of disappointed with this album because they had dropped the the trip hop thing. So it's like if you listen to their early stuff, which is full of like record scratching and which, really cool. What's your um, introduction to this band? This album. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, this was actually kind of along with like uh, Don Cab's uh, What Burns Never Returns, like one of the earliest albums I ever bought. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was kind of just, I bought it because so many people were like, this is a cool album, this is a cool album, you should check it out. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And, and you're like, yeah, they're, you're right, it is a cool record, cool album. It is cool. <laughs> it is it is really weird because uh, it's two discs, even though it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Uh, but it's like mastered at 45, so it sounds really good. Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds really cool. Um, 
Where is it in like is this your this your favorite Porter's head stuff? By far. Okay. By far my favorite. question. Um, okay. um their second one that's self-titled is it's pretty good too, but it's mm. back in the trip hop thing. But they're like, what if we made trip hop like a little harsher? Okay. Uh because trip hop's kind of like I, are you familiar with like lo-fi beats to study to? Yeah, like yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's kind of the vibe hip-hop, of yeah. trip hop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's yeah. Their their second one is a little harsher, still a little bit more experimental. Um, yeah, I'll I'll send you their first first one at some point, and okay. it's it's super different. Okay. Um, I think we're ready to draw our next theme. I think so. Okay, I got our hat. Let's hear it. All right. And favorite part. <laughs> I'm shaking it up. I pull one out, and we are doing misconnections. Oh dang! Yeah. So uh, we, what, what, what Ryan actually suggested this one a couple days ago. Um, yeah, it might have even been today. It's sort of bands you or are aware, bands you are aware of, but haven't really listened to. And this is interesting because this is going to be real personal because me and Ryan know each other pretty well because we need to taste. So I'm going to be bringing something he's definitely heard of, but not too familiar with, and vice versa. So that's yeah. Cool. I mean, there could be a there could be a possibility that neither of us have really dove into the band. I, like I'm almost positive I've chose mine because I thought of the theme and was like, "What would I choose?" And then I'm like, "Oh yeah, this band that is just a huge blind spot because every time I hear their popular songs, I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> but everyone says they're good. I'll give it a chance." So. Uh, so something to look forward to in the future is me potentially having a super hot take by a, about a super respected band. So wait, are you saying the bands that we're picking the record that we're not too familiar with, or you to each other? That's why. Oh no, this is you pick a band you're aware of that you just for whatever reason have not listened to. Okay, okay, that's me. Really interesting. That's that's way different than that. Okay, so we'll be kind of like I choose sell on something and then I talk about this thing I settled on. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it's you're basically going to be listening to something. You're bringing a record that you were potentially hearing for the first time yourself. Interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm into that. That's a great idea. And um, I, I don't think there's a way for me to get cute with this one. So, yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> I'll have to think about yes. Um. Yeah. So just I don't know. Flip through like Spotify or whatever, and just be like, wait, what bands have I not listened to? Oh, they're tons. <laughs> yeah. Those things. Um. So what you got going on, pal? Um, uh, I do the music for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I do the intro and the outro. If you like that, you can go to smell.bandcamp.com, uh, where we have both of our albums for free. If you like either of those songs, check it out, download it. It's free. Do what you want. Um, I have also on the Cool Bandana Guys YouTube channel where we have started uh, our Game of the Generation discussion roundtable thing that's that's fun in in honor of you know the new systems and that stuff coming out so if you want to get nerdy about video games and some dudes who have too much video game knowledge under their belts uh definitely check that out uh what are you up to i i do another podcast every week called movies that don't suck on some i do it's a movie podcast we do two new to newish movies every week um and we sit there talk shit and drink beer um uh, it's fun. I do, and, but uh, stick around at the end of this podcast uh, to hear Riverview's song "Knuckles," uh, the, uh, this episode's featured artist. 
But um, yeah, and if you have any tracks to send us or anything you want us to check out, mm-hmm. uh, feel free to send it to us at uh, recordnightpod at gmail.com. We'll listen to it. You might be featured on a later episode. Or you can catch us on the platforms too, Facebook. Oh, other other places. Uh, yeah. We are also on Instagram at recordnightpod and at facebook.com slash Um Riverview can be found on facebook.com slash riverviewar. Uh, and then find an Instagram, just still a review band. She will find them. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And that Thanks was recommended. Yeah.